Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Burgio, James Lamplough, talking about the COVID lockdowns with commercial agents there, there and how it has affected the day-to-day logistics for buyers, sellers, tenants, and agents, all of us in between. There's always a lot of talk about the residential side of things, all the rules coming forward, but I thought we should share a light on commercial and how that has been. But James, how, so you've been doing commercial now for a couple of years. Obviously, most of it's been sort of through some sort of COVID, but I'm yeah. sure you you remember the day to day. But take it, especially the last sort of what's how long has this lockdown been? Three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has there been much change? in actual logistics like residential lost open homes and that ability um what's yeah. it like being for commercial well yeah look it's a good point within within the industry it's been shaken logistically because of changes that have had to be implemented but typically what seems to happen is residential sales and residential leasing that's where all the legislation gets 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 plastered into but commercial sort of gets a little bit forgotten so we don't do open homes in commercial anyway. Um, at the moment, it's it's just we just always run buyer appointments frequently. Um, the only difference, really, in regard to showing properties, has been that you just can't take two people inside one property at once. So logistically, I think it hasn't changed too much for commercial. It's obviously had effects on the commercial side of of real estate for for owners and for tenants and for there's a million knock-on effects, but as a commercial agent, there's really little to no difference. And I don't know if, if you're seeing anything different at all, but I think um, it's, it remains largely unchanged for us. Yeah, like let's step aside the actual market of commercial yeah. and the logistics. Like the big, like if you look at it uh, as we do both, residential to sell a property, that source of inquiry, energy, the rapport with the buyers is really initiated at that open home you have yes. 20, 10, 20, 30, 40 people there. Um, it's a bit of an event for the property and then you follow up with private appointments. And that's probably, you ask any agent, they would be, that's probably one of their biggest sources to sell the property and really get new listings. So yeah. when that was taken away um, from agents, it hurt them a lot mentally and logistically for that. And they had to really adapt to a lot of private appointments um, but with commercial, as you said, it was fairly like we never did open homes. It was always private appointments, quite normal. And also the inquiry level is very different um, yeah. with commercial, like residential agents would say, hold, let's say three properties and deal with a hundred buyers in yeah. within a week or whatever the time period is, or a commercial agent may deal with 50 properties, hundred properties, and may only be dealing with 20 buyers really active or even less at that yes. within that week. So it's, it's a big opposite to, to it. So the, the, where it did affect the commercial was the, the, you hear the sentiment in residential, it's on the newspapers, it's on channel nine, rates are down, market's going to crash. You hear that when you're speaking with a hundred buyers, on a weekend on Sunday opens and they all ask you, do you think the market's going down? You can sort of work your way through it. But with commercial, it was almost just silent. If you look at listing volumes for sales, it's down from Northern beaches, 
from about 150 active listings to 70, 80, and a lot of them are not even real listings. It's probably it's probably even lower to 10 to 20 of real active listings. Um, yeah. When I mean not real, some agents will leave an ad online to create the inquiries, a little bit how residential used to be. Um, yeah. And leasing used to sit on seven to 800 for lease properties. It's down to 460. So it's almost a bit of silence across the board, which is – been great for some some of the older stock like James how many properties did you lease that prior to COVID were empty for six to 12 months and then it was just like snap 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 talk us through that sort of surge and there's been a lot of activity with the existing stock yeah so I think in regards to that what the big the big change was that I think we found landlords motivations changed quite significantly and previously as you mentioned if we might have had something along the lines of eight to nine hundred um, for lease listings and maybe a couple, a, a couple hundred over the year for sale listings. There's, for a consumer, there's still quite a lot of choice. So they have the freedom to be able to go pick around similar products and then make a choice on that decision of what they actually, you know, they can inform their decision by looking at five of the same type of factory within a couple kilometer radius. As the stock levels dropped, um, I think it isolated the really, really serious people came out um, and regardless of it not being the perfect site, they probably took something on anyway because it would have been for the betterment of their business um, rather than the betterment of the, uh, can't think of a better word for it, but the lifestyle of where they're working, how they're working, what they're doing. Yeah, they made sacrifices. Yeah, they may have gave up having the ideal shop front for a bigger space or vice versa, gave up size to be on Pitwater Road because we – we, what we haven't seen in many years um, in the market with commercial was there was huge negotiations going on, especially on landlords, because yeah. rent, unlike residential, where the where if a property is not rented, it's like drop it by $10, it will rent next day, next three weeks. Commercial owners, some most owners are like, well, instead of dropping it by 10000 a year, I'll just have it empty. A lot of properties are valued at its rental amount, and if it's empty, it's still valued at what it was rented from. I know Gold Coast made an awesome – this is what Gold Coast did. I remember someone telling me, maybe even been Luke, um, whenever they had something empty on the shop front where an owner was holding out for that rent, they would subsidise the rent and put a, shop, uh, a pop-up store in there because they didn't want – empty properties because we all know how that's felt in Brookvale for many years. Narrabeen went through it five years ago when the butcher left, Westpac left, the hair salon left, and there was yeah. just a row of emptiness. It, it, it can tear the soul out of that sort of community. So there was an initiative where it's like, we just want someone in there. Um, and unfortunately, but when COVID hit, owners were like, okay, let's get a deal done. Um, it was very easy to blame COVID on the low rent. It was almost like that scape, uh, scapegoat. Because, James, yeah. we had many properties that even if they're empty for a year, let's – like I don't want to name the properties, but you can yeah. re- probably remember a few in DY where they were previously rented for 70 grand a year. We had offers within months at 50, 60, but it was too low. COVID comes around. Yeah. We've got the same offer, it's taken, it's leased. Because at one stage after Meriton, there was like 12 empty shops. And from a suburb that may only lease one shop a month, if not, and only have one shop every come on, month come on, it was a huge amount and they just fell. We had, you, had some, you put some great businesses in there. Do you want to talk about some of them? 
you've had one on the show before. Um, yeah, so a good example is um, if, if you're referring to the tattoo people, Caspian maybe, yeah. for example. So um, is it three at 665 Pitwater Road? Um, a shop front that had been on the market for probably nine to 12 months. It had four or five different agents working on it. Um, we ended up getting a, a pretty good rent, but I think what the big difference was these commercial landlords, and I think there's more emphasis when you're talking about landlords when you say commercial, not because of the type of property, but because of their mindset. They're very commercial Correct. people. For the most part, as you say, they're happy to leave a property vacant because regardless of the funds are in and out, they were able to sustain it and it, it didn't, to them, putting a, a, a low lease in wasn't, is quite disheartening. It doesn't do anything for them. They lock themselves in for a long time. Businesses that were able to get going through these periods were able to give themselves a really good head start. Although you obviously can't foresee what's going to happen in the future. We've yep. gone back through another lockdown now. Um, but as examples like that, DY Brookvale had Pitwater Road with tons and tons of vacant properties. and. They did gradually begin to fill up because what happened is, as you said a moment ago, there was a shift in the commercial mindset of a lot of these landlords where this might go on for a really long time, actually. So even if I can get maybe not the ideal rent, it's going to tick me over. And the likelihood is people aren't going to be buying these properties at the moment anyway. Um, so yes. I might Fisher well Road's a perfect them. example, isn't it? 4 slash 22 oh. Fisher. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, that's another really good one. So again, not many, not many landlords are going to be accepting one-year leases and you know short little deals. Pop-up stores fair enough for your retail here and there, but they're just like, okay, this I don't actually know what the timeline is on this. It could be infinite for all we know. Let's just get someone in there. Um, I think the rent in the end was probably about sixty percent of what it probably should be on a normal on a normal yeah. return. It would have been usually forty k plus GST and significant outgoings. Leasing it for like twenty five to thirty k, and just saying, I just want including to out. Back. So the net rent was fifteen when the net rent should normally be forty. So that's a yeah, pure yeah. difference in two landlords. Like we don't want to show, as we said, with the commercial mindset, we don't want to uh, throw a blanket and say they're all the same because they're not. Some will have a property empty for a year to get forty grand a year, because yeah. in their mind, in their mindset. It may take a year, but I'll find a tenant for three, five, ten years. They could be there 15 years. So I'm willing yeah. to wait to get the right rent because we, I think we can all agree if you've been in a property paying 15 grand a year, it's very hard to pay 40, even if it's worth it. It's yeah. just hard to have that jump. But then there's the other, the other mindset where the owner's like, I don't have big costs on it. Something is better than nothing. I'm not relying on valuations. I'm, there's no bigger... There's no bigger picture here. It's where someone is like, well, if I lowered the price on that shop, I got the 12 shops next to it. They're going to all want discounts because I did one there. It yeah, was a very, right. it, it was a very, um, a, a singular approach, uh, almost out of nature necessity. But it was like, there's that one property. I could keep it empty or I could get 15, 20 grand a year. Better than nothing. And yeah. that's how it played out. Um, and then I remember having those conversations and we had those conversations with the owner. It's like, because a, the thing of a great commercial agent is he's understanding that with owners. Like if you're advising an owner to take 15, a lower rent, knowing the troubles down the road with the other tenancies, if all those leases are up, they're really yeah. going to look, you may get that deal done then, but they're going to look pretty badly towards you in a year or two. Going, why, why do I get talked into it? 
I've now done all that. They'd almost rather have that shop empty because you're not giving the ammunition. I've had it many times when we've taken over new managements and we've just seen transactions apply. Yeah. So, but also where we had a good surge, where we did have a surge was activity from tenants because I think the message out there in their mind was because normally they do throw the blanket. Um, Let's find a good deal. Yeah, because they're like commercial owners are tough, very very uh, little room to negotiate, and some are. But the yeah. message went in the marketplace going, I may be able to get a deal. Let's start going out there. And I think within the first lockdown, we had our biggest month of leasing properties. When we thought we are going yeah. to go to, into a market where we wouldn't do anything, we had our biggest because the, the parties came together and it was, it was really good. Everyone was happy. And especially yeah. how things have played out like a year, like what are we, 18 months into it? No one's looking back. It, let's say this ended after mid last year. People may be like, oh, I, I jumped to conclusion. I rushed into it. But obviously, what's that saying? Monday quarterbacking or hindsight's great. But um, it probably turned out a lot of, well for a lot of people who did just folk do stuff, basically. Yeah. Well, that was it. If, if, if the people that were willing to bite the bullet and try to – um, do something outside the square, find themselves a good deal. Some of them were able to lock themselves into really good deals. Some landlords on that flip side, the reverse side of that is they shot themselves in the foot because they wanted something to take over and they didn't realize what they're getting themselves into. But nonetheless, the commercial market just as a whole, I think um, it's been shaking quite significantly. We've had, de we've had denominations of the market that have stayed resilient, but there's a mindset to the game, I think, more so than in the mindset of a residential landlord. It's probably slightly different. So overall, I know we're talking about this morning, commercial agents, how it's affected us. We probably haven't felt too much change aside from the conversations that we're having, but we're not physically, logistically having too much, too much different, so things too much different haven't been happening. So. Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting, and I think the better the, the most important part has been, as you said a moment ago, protecting your landlord with good advice so that they don't get themselves into a hole down the track. Maybe trying make short fixes aren't always going to be long term gains. And um, a lot of time with commercial helping your landlord may seem like you're working for the tenant, but unlike residential, where sometimes people can be a bit bullish against the tenant. When you know a property could be empty for a year, you really don't want to lose that tenant or that opportunity. So you've really got to mediate it. Like as Luke said, with one of these rentals, within 24 hours, four, what is it, one application, four inspections, lease within 24 hours. Like a lot of, like with wow. residential, you may have four people wanting it. You can be a bit bullish. It's almost like being the prettiest girl at school. I'd imagine you've got all the guys, you can pick and choose, boom, boom. Yeah. Commercial's not like that. So it was a, it was, We've said, I've said on the show many times with Mark and we've discussed it. It's like that communication of both parties coming together. Yeah, yeah. that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap. Anything Thanks, else you want to add? No, no, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow. And uh, we'll another topic on commercial. <laughs> <laughs> commercial week. <laughs> commercial week. See you guys. Bye.